0: I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. No, no, this no. is going to be huge! 360 in the contract, never that, I will just take the contact, I will bring it back, I'm running on the fast break, behind the back, yeah, this that, this that, this that, jerk with the back. Welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyball.com and I am joined as always, by my co-host, Writer preaching to the choir today. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh, I to the choir.
1: Um man, what a long day. What a long weekend. So I tell my whole weekend has just been I had to like speak two times today and go to like three different services. At church. But at church, yes. But on Saturday, we <laughs> I drove five and a half hours to see a friend. Uh, playing his senior football game in college.
0: Drove five and a half hours and he played four plays. Not even not even one play <laughs> per hour driven. And it was like they
1: had um got up like twenty eight to like seven and it was the last few minutes of the game. Wait, well he played
0: garbage time too.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And so then yeah. It was in like Arkansas, like near Memphis basically and but he's a super nice guy, I really like the guy and uh yeah, I was like, Oh, I can't be upset because he's a cool dude. But still. So that was my whole Saturday and then Sunday was crazy. So I didn't get to go to the Thunder game, uh, because this was a promise. I'm I'm a stickler on my word. Like I will turn the world upside down before I break my
0: break my word to people. And yeah, so, you guys anyway, should I do him... things for Isaac because he will definitely do things for you.
1: <laughs> because I gave, yeah, yeah, I do, I do, I really take that stuff serious, and I gave him my word over the summer that I'd be at this game. So I'm get a favor
0: I, from Isaac in some way, and I owe you in some way. He
1: will follow through. So I couldn't <laughs> go to the game on uh, on Saturday night, and uh, it it was an awesome win, and I've caught up since. But um,
0: yeah, what did you think about the jerseys? In per, like, oh my in, gosh, in, I forgot the about the jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're one to know with the jerseys, so.
1: One a do they do you agree that they look better on them
0: I I don't I didn't think they looked that I don't think the jerseys were bad that was not like my takeaway when, even when I first saw them I, they're just not inspiring to me that was that was that's the word that keeps coming to me so I I didn't even notice them during the game it's just like they're in a gray jersey my wife absolutely loves them interesting and I'm like okay um well no one else does the ringer ranked all the jerseys and put the mavs at 30 <laughs> They ranked all the City (laughs) Edition jerseys. Anyway, we'll talk about that. What we're getting to today is we'll talk about the Dallas versus Oklahoma City win. Uh, I apologize this weekend for not getting out a podcast after the win, but you heard about Isaac's weekend. Uh, My weekend was not as crazy, but I probably could have done a podcast. But anyway, now everyone's mad. It's Um, okay. Then we'll talk about uh, Isaac had a great story about Maxi Kleba in. um, I almost said in. In the, in the maps.com on maps.com we'll talk about that and then the jimmy butler trade we haven't even talked about the jimmy butler trade yet so we're excited to talk about that um so that's what we're getting to today but first today veterans day is being observed in the united states and we just want to thank all the veterans i know that we just by sheer numbers wise we have to have some veterans listening to the podcast so if you are you know i'd like to actually know who you are so if you reach out um, you know, I'd like to thank you personally, whether it's online or you know, however, and uh, yeah, just uh, SNL if did, you're in th- SNL did if a good did a good thing on. Uh, it's crazy. I was watching SNL and uh, like Saturday Night Live, and they do a better job of bringing our country together than our government right now. Oh gosh, <laughs> like bridging the divide, and they were talking about Veterans Day, and they said that tell a veteran to, you know that they that you will always remember. And so I just want to tell all the veterans that are you know that are listening to this right now, we always remember, we'll always remember, you know, the sacrifices you guys made. I have friends in the military. I'm pretty sure I have extended family. that was in you know, the military and served overseas. And so we always remember and just thank you for your service.
1: And if you're in the service now, uh, reach out to us. something. Yeah. if you're, if you're serving somewhere around the world, Oh yeah. And, yeah, and, think you, about and that. you listen to this podcast, uh, please reach out. We'll give you shout outs. We'll do anything. Uh, so much respect for that. My dad was in the Navy. My uncle's, Uh, we're in the military. My grandpa, like military is the, uh, is a lifeblood of our lifeline of our family. And, uh, yeah, so much respect for that. Thank you so much uh, for your service that much respect to you guys. Definitely.
0: All right, let's start with this, uh, Dallas versus Oklahoma city thunder game. The Mavericks come away with the win. Isaac, um, Russell Westbrook didn't play, so we'll give that caveat, but it was a win. They did still have Paul George. They did still have Steven Adams. Dennis Schroeder was, you know, at the helmet point guard. The Mavericks won 111 to 96, and uh, they kind of dominated the whole, you know, second all through the second quarter. They had this, you know, 20 to 6 run, and then they just kind of held their lead, and the, the Thunder really didn't even make it that close. I think the closest it got after that was like an eight point lead for the Mavericks. So, what do you think about Dallas, you know, just completely handling OKC. And well, they're I mean, on they, a 7 7 game winning streak too. They really put the Clamps down on Nerlens Noel. And that was a key to <laughs> I have here the... my notes about <laughs> to mention Nerlens.
1: Uh, oh, that was a key to the uh, to the game. No, I mean,
0: 11 you minutes, at... 2 points, 6 boards, a steal, a block, minus 13, 4 fouls, 3 turnovers. That's a Nerlens night right there. That's a Nerlens Noel night. Oh, Nerlands. Um <laughs> I, I thought it was
1: funny on the broadcast how uh I, I think Ray Felton and Nerlands came in at the same time and Mark Followell mm-hmm. goes um or no, uh, Skin goes, "Oh, well, there's a good old, uh good old buddy Ray Felton and Ray Felton's really beloved by everybody." Yeah. yeah everybody. He actually And is. Uh, yeah, he is. And <laughs> and Followell responds with, "Oh, well, there's Nerlands Noel also, former man, blah blah blah." And it's silence. Like no one agreed with him. Like, like no. Like they were saying that. Like, like, oh, our buddy Ray Felton. And then uh, yeah. So that was funny. But no. As far as like big storylines from from the game, it really goes goes down to it. when Rick was talking about uh, after one of those games or before one of those games a, a few games ago, and he said, <laughs> "What?"
0: Oh, this is funny. You can't keep track at this point.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what it was, what press conference it was. But he's talking or after about, one of these
0: games they played.
1: Getting the bench and the starters uh, on the same page and having good games at the same time, and not that the starters played absolutely horrible, but when what what a game from the bench! I mean, Maxi. So full disclosure, I wrote the Maxi story I've been working on for the past couple weeks, and I submitted it and everything uh, on like Thursday night or Friday. And we're like, oh, we'll hold off on it and we'll run it like Sunday or Monday, okay? So taking the chance that, well, first off, he hadn't been shooting very well, so I'm yeah. like, crap, this story isn't like, I'm, I could still make it work, but over the past few games. But then I'm like, taking the chance to where like, what if he just has an absolutely horrible game on Saturday <laughs> and then, but luckily, man, he was a plus twenty, he had some big time blocks, and it like played up to the story perfectly, and uh, that was really cool. But, yeah, I mean, Max was a plus 20. JJ Brea, plus 17. Dwight Powell, plus 17. The bench unit, I mean, just feasted alive on OKC's. Like, OKC's bench unit, Patrick Patterson, minus 17. Ooh, their Pelton, bench is minus, awful. Minus 14. Nerlens 13.
0: Diallo, minus 13. <laughs> Abrinas, minus uh, 9. <laughs> yeah, and Brinas played 26 minutes, so... And uh, and Luca of all the starters had a was plus 16. That was the highest by far of any of the starters. The next one is Wes at plus 6. And uh he got most of that, you know, that positive plus minus from playing with the bench unit, you know, playing with the rest, you know, with JJ and uh and Devin some. Um... Question for you. Does it matter at all? I'm not saying it does.
1: Does it matter at all that the Mavs won by 15 and Deandre and Dennis were both uh
0: negatives? Um. The also Harrison Barnes only played seventeen minutes.
1: Yeah, with foul trouble, played in foul he, trouble. So it, that, it's... that third foul in the first quarter. Rick Carlos press conference after the game, he said that was just all me. Like I thought that Harrison, like I shouldn't have left him in there with two in the first quarter, and that was my fault. And I left him in, and I it was just like, oh, once I realized I left him in. Literally, by the time he realized it, he got called for that like run in with Paul George. Oh, yeah. He's like that, and then I'd take him out. I felt like that was his fault, but
0: yeah. So like y- you got negative performances pretty much from three of your four, <laughs> of your five starters, and uh, and you still end up winning the game. I mean, it's I don't think it's, it's much of a referendum on Dennis and DeAndre as is like this is you know, what this bench is capable of doing. When this bench is able to go up against inferior opponents, they can. I mean, they can like. Put it together. They have their act together when they're playing against <laughs> yeah know, inferior opponents, which they should, you I've, know. But sometimes teams don't.
1: I mean, we're, we're believers in the bench. But if you tell me uh, before the before the game or before the season that hey, and you read off Dennis' uh, his stat line of like oh he's minus two, ten points, and you know ten points and how many assists he had, uh, ten five. points and five assists, I'd be like oh we probably lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like we won by 15. So that's a really a testament to because uh, I feel like, you know, we both feel like Dallas n- really needs Dennis to take that big next step. And, uh, but man, what a testament to the bench. The bench just uh, continues to kill it.
0: I think the other point about about Dennis's play is that I think Carlisle is now, and maybe it's just this game and the last couple of games, I think he's resolved to not play JJ and Dennis together. Because if you look in, in this game, Dennis played 26 minutes, 18 seconds. Berea played. 21 minutes and 42 seconds. That's exactly 48 minutes. <laughs> they literally did not share the court together. Uh, and so I think that he's just decided to do that and JJ had the hot hand. He had 21 points like you said. He was 8 of 14 shooting and uh and he just stuck with JJ for those extra, you know, let's say he played let's say Dennis plays an extra 4 minutes then he's up to 30, you know, and if JJ plays less than that, he's down to, you know, his normal whatever it is. So
1: I texted Nick the other day, and I was doing some homework on the Maxi story of doing um, like what's the best plus minus uh, units for the Mavericks right now? Five man lineups, four man lineups, all this stuff. And I said, Nick, what what is the best two man like <laughs> lineup? Like two man duo for the Mavericks right now and plus minus? And uh, it was it was Luca and JJ uh, together. Uh, that that two man uh, combo. Had the highest plus minus of any two player you know, combo in the Mavericks right now. So that was before OKC's game. I don't know if it's changed since it, but still, it's probably. And,
0: I mean, they played really well. they were plus, you know, double digits. So,
1: yeah, and what a game for JJ. I mean, gosh, twenty one points off the bench. Like it felt like it was funny hearing Dirk when Dirk was on the broadcast um, talking with
0: Skin and them. Dirk was, on the broadcast was so good. I <laughs> I wish, I wish that Dirk. <laughs> When he's done, just joins the broadcast, like all love to heart. But if you could have Followell and Skin and Dirk <laughs> on the broadcast, that's it. Dirk's just a goofball, though. I know, but that's what makes it fun. That's what you need. That's what you need in that seat. If you're not gonna bring like hard hitting, like analysis, like you know Tony Romo, where he's like literally breaking down plays, and they don't have. We don't have a lot of those in basketball actually. Uh, then you just just be funny, you know, and just like. Have fun with it and, and be a homer and you know, root for your team. Yeah, he
1: did. He was so funny on the broadcast. And yeah, him just like reacting to these dunks and oops and stuff. And he was like, whoa, what's going on?
0: And they went on a 20 to 6 run while Dirk was on the broadcast. Oh, gosh. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Follow tweeted that after the game. And I think he mentioned it too. But uh, yeah, they played super well while Dirk, <laughs> Dirk was on the broadcast. So that was fun. And that was when that bench unit pretty much took over. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about this uh, OKC Dallas game, and then we will talk about the Jimmy Butler trade. All right, Isaac. Um, so we talked about Nerlens' return. We talked about Westbrook not being, you know, with the team or not playing. Um, Harrison Barnes, quick, quick fouls. That second quarter run where Dirk was on the broadcast, I think, was pretty much what what separated these two teams was that run. You know, they're going back and forth, and one team would have a run. One team would have a run, and then just the Dallas just had the biggest run of <laughs> of all the runs, and OKC just wasn't able. To, OKC has lineups where they just they can't score. They cannot yeah. score when they have the, the, some of their bench units out there. Like when it's Nerlens, you know Patterson, Felton, <laughs> you know, uh, you throw some of those other r- random like Ter- Terrence Ferguson, Jeremy Grant. You're like, who's scoring on this on this unit right now? They need Carmelo, and um <laughs> Speaking of, let me just oh, let, let me go ahead and that's a great transition to this. Someone on Facebook,
1: no, sent me no. A, sent me a no, sodom shame. No. Shout out to Dexter, no. Dexter. Shout no out you
0: Shout out to you, man. he There's said no uh, here, bring back the sodom shame. Use this as content. Someone on the Facebook, on the Mavs Nation Facebook group said, "Y'all gonna trip, but I'd sign Carmelo Anthony in a heartbeat." LOL. he said it in all caps that's why he yelled it sign uh, him to go to frisco to play for the legends oh my gosh you know how, how great that would be just have like daryl Macon and Costis and, <laughs> and and mellow Mello. <laughs> oh man so then this guy commented to it i swear i swear to god i'm not drunk i really think he'd fall nicely in place with carlisle's system
1: I'm not even gonna. I'm go. not gonna waste there my breath that's on just that. Not what I'm he's not few, even. He's not even released yet. <laughs> a, few, a few tidbits from the OKC game. I, I just want to mention one. What a what a nice Wesley Matthews stat line. Okay, three for seven. Only seven shot attempts. You know what? Out of those seven, four of them were three pointers. Three for four on threes. Like that's what you want. That that's what you want to see, right? I mean,
0: yeah, four assists
1: like yeah. yeah set seven seven uh, attempts and four threes like all this like that's that's what you want to see uh, from a wesley matthews stat line uh, another thing i feel like we should we we roast uh dallas's defense along a, a lot and rightfully so because they're absolutely horrible on defense <laughs> um but but in the okc game they play pretty well it was i think i'm pretty sure it's the first time all season long they held an opponent an opponent under 100 points um <laughs> Uh, they shot under forty percent. Oklahoma City shot under forty percent from the field. That's huge. They
0: took ninety seven <laughs> uh, shots.
1: God, like that, like it was huge that they shot under forty percent because it's just a game the other day I was uh, writing about it, and they shot fifty four percent. Like that was just, I mean, it's just like crazy. Uh, a different team, and then they shot twenty six percent from three. I mean, not for twenty four. So the Mavericks are notorious this season of allowing the best point percentage from man,
0: This Thunder team, they all, they just don't have any shooting in the starting lineup either, besides Paul George and Dennis. Stop and, it, Nick. I'm and, just trying to give the Mavericks' defense credit. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm, not I'm saying, saying the this OKC is what they, sucks. they This is what they could do is that Dallas' defenders could help off of their man a lot, and they could. This is
1: what they could do. They could just play teams that suck at threes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Y'all want to know the team that's last in the league in three
0: pointers made or okay, OKC? Oh yeah, they're nine they're of thirty. All of nine stars. of thirty-four. So anyway, uh, we also got another Luca knee injury scare, Um, Lord. man between his knees and his ankles and his back, like Mavs fans are going to have a heart attack this year. (laughs) He's just going to bring up the the blood pressure of every single like fan watching. Uh, he tried to, he had, I think it was Jeremy Grant and it was definitely Paul George. And there was like a loose ball and Luca tried to like split the two and grab the loose ball like out of the air. And when he did, he collided you know, his knee against somebody else's knee or, or something. And uh, and he just like winced in pain. And he ended up getting up, walking to the bench, and then you know he came back in the game and he played later. But, man, it just seems like every single game he's getting hurt in some way. Uh, and I wonder if it's a, a bend-not-break scenario where, like, he's just bending now and eventually he'll break, or if he needs these Stop. Kind of, like, no. moments where he doesn't do things. It's
1: literally every game. It feels like something something gets nicked up, um, but
0: I take offense to that comment. <laughs> I've also noticed that um, that Luca Luca does Luca look thinner, or is it just me that I've watched him so much? I think they missed out on the
1: broadcast. Yeah. I mean it's it's what we've talked about. I mean we said day one we didn't care that he was in not in great shape, like, like in cool. his face though. That's part of it. I think he looks slimmer, like just in his torso and everything.
0: I think he looks slimmer, like in his legs and his. Here we go. We're going feet. down the
1: Wesley Ma- Matthews Road now. <laughs> and
0: in his and in his toes and. <laughs> uh, can, I,
1: can, can I plug my Maxi story? Yeah, yeah.
0: Let's let's. Uh, I want to to mention. I tweeted this earlier, but Isaac had his Maxi story, and I love this quote from Maxi. Uh, Isaac says, "When I asked Kleba about the pride he takes in his defense, he made it clear that it was a personal thing." Quote, "If you take every matchup personal." you have to have a certain edge to it and i love that that's what you ha- that's the that's the attitude you have to have on defense in this league because if you don't take it personal then it's just you know it's just a business you make you can make business decisions you know and you can step <laughs> out of the way of, of dunks and Ma- Maxi kleba if anything does not step out of the way of any dunks no <laughs> ever
1: like that steven adams uh, block in the okc game like not our players don't even contest that. Like yeah. he has a clear line to the basket. He's a seven footer. I have a basketball crush on Steven Adams. He's one of my favorite. Non-mavericks in the league. We we yeah. tried to get him to Dallas so hard with so many yeah, so big much. trades last year. Uh, yes. I love watching this do play. And, uh, and he reminds me of Khal from Game of Thrones. I love Game of Thrones. But anyway, but <laughs> no one challenges that dunk, okay? No. Nope. Except for Maxie. And Maxie goes in, and flies in, doesn't really have the best angle at it, and still blocks the dunk. And that that is his defensive ability uh, – so go read the story. I talked to Cuban. I talked to um, uh, Carlisle and Maxi, obviously, and Tony Ranzoni, the director of player personnel, and how they f- first uh, came in contact with Maxie when he was 16 years old. That's wild uh, to me. Yeah, and they didn't sign him until he's 26. That means they scouted Maxi for 10 years. <laughs> Um, 10 years worth of scouting on a player and then you sign him to a non-guaranteed deal basically and comes into camp and earns a spot and it's just um yeah it's it's just crazy when you you know hear something like that
0: and he talks about why maxi wasn't drafted before like he was draft eligible a while ago but in the story it talks about how he wasn't drafted so go read the story you'll be able to uh you'll be able to learn that yourself
1: yeah, and I focus on his his like remade shot and like all that stuff. He talks about that.
0: I wanted to mention about the remade shot because in the story it sounded like he had like a brand new shot, like that he had never taken jump shots before, and it seemed like he <laughs> added that to his game. But we he came into the league like that's that's one thing we knew he could do.
1: Yeah, well, I think he. It, the whole distance thing is big and I thought one one small little thing that we don't really mention a lot and Ronzoni mentioned it in in the quote in one of the quotes he gave me is uh, players adjust not only to the length from Euro uh, Europe to America in the three-point line but also the NBA ball and he mentioned that that well, sometimes it takes a whole year of adjusting and for Maxi it was more about that length and just he talked about last year, just getting his legs underneath it more, and just that, just that extra length of the NBA three, and so he had to kind of remake his shot and how it took all year and how he spent time out of the summer, blah blah. blah. But the block numbers, I put in some stats in there in the blocks, and and I tweeted this out the other day, and it got I I I tweeted out as a praise to Maxi, but I realized that it could be taken as a slide to DeAndre, and I, then I kind of felt bad about it, but oh well. Um, because then people were quote cheating and stuff. And because uh, DeAndre has played <laughs> 170 more minutes than Maxi Kleba, and they have the same amount of blocks right now. <laughs> so, yep. uh, yeah, uh, Maxi's average of 1.4 blocks a uh, night, 2.7 uh, blocks per 36 minutes. So, Anyway, go read the story. I I really talk about the blocks and stuff. And uh, I like uh, uh, Cuban's comment on him and um, just about how, hey, he's coming a long way, but I think he can go further and uh, just a testament kind of like who he is and stuff like that. And and Ron Zoni uh, adds some things about his spot in the league and how he thinks he'll be there for a while. So it's just Max's cool story. Another undrafted uh, gem, hopefully. And when you look at J.J. Barea, you look at how Dorian took taking the next step. And then Maxi continued Obviously, there needs to be consistency with the shot. But anyway, go read the story. It's like on Twitter. and You can go to maps.com click on News, and it's right there too. So
0: There you go. Go check it out. Go read it. It's worth worth the read. All right, let's take another break. And when we come back, let's get into this Jimmy Butler trade. So over the weekend, Jimmy Butler was finally – Released from his hostage situation with the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he was sent to the Fien- Oh my gosh, <laughs> Philadelphia. Hold on, Philadelphia 76ers for uh, Robert Covington, Dario Saric, Jared Bayless, and a 2022 second-round pick. Jimmy Butler. Was where, also- where were you at when it went down? Jimmy Butler was also sent with Justin Patton, who the Timberwolves took. In the first round, with the pick they got from the Bulls, the- <laughs> in the Jimmy Butler trade, so now Justin Patton theoretically has been traded with Jimmy Butler twice.
1: They're like, we don't want anything yet. <laughs> we don't want anything that reminds us about that trade.
0: Yeah. So, uh, where was I? I was actually, I was at the, I was at a pizza place with my wife. It was this New York pizza place we're in daytona beach so there's like not much good <laughs> stuff there's like lots of touristy like rundown things and that's it and chains and this is a not a chain is a new york pizza place delicious new york pizza is my favorite like get out of here with your you know chicago with your chicago you, the chicago pizza is a lasagna with bread underneath it it's not yeah, i don't really do deep dish it's not, it's not pizza it's weird new york pizza is the greatest so they had good new york pizza Somebody will come at us over that. it never
1: fails the the small opinions like that yeah. somebody will come at us, and it's the non sports
0: takes that people come yeah. at, <laughs> oh yeah, so I was there, and we were you know hanging out, and I usually tried to not have my phone on the table when my wife and I are out doing something, but uh but it wouldn't like i had I had a bigger case on or something it wouldn't fit in my pocket very well It was uncomfortable, so I just had it on the, on the table and when she went to the bathroom i I opened it up and checked it, and I saw the trade and I was like. Excuse me. I'm gonna be on NBA Twitter for the next five minutes, and then I won't be anymore. <laughs> and so I just was like looking through everything. I was like scrolling, scrolling. Man, uh, this trade is.
1: <laughs> Hold on. I have a really funny thirty second backstory. Okay, wh- where were you? I I was driving down the road to Arkansas, <laughs> and oh, yeah, I had my buddy with me, and he's like my best friend in Dallas, but he's from Houston, diehard Rockets. Wow, wow fan. shots at me. So Tony, you're in Daytona and he, he, we always talk NBA. He's always a big Rockets fan. I'm obviously Mavs, all this stuff. So we always fake talk trash and stuff. And we just got done having a conversation about like the mess, the Rockets Center and stuff. And I was taking my Carmelo shots at him <laughs> and he was literally sitting there arguing uh, of this Saying that I think that I I think you know Twitter and stuff just blows up the mellow thing like it's he's not that bad like he's not that horrible people just find these plays and just like make it that he's just the worst player in the league and then it turns into these narratives and all this stuff and and he <laughs> and literally he was like I'm holding out hope for this Jimmy Butler trade I think we can pull off this deal like this is a great deal all of a sudden so it's like literally like an hour later down the road. I had my phone, and like most people that uh, love the NBA, you should have Woj on notifications all year round. And my, I get a notification on my phone, and I'm literally driving, and I go, oh, my gosh, Jimmy Butler to Philly. <laughs> he goes, wait, what? No. <laughs> and, uh, it was great. So then, yeah, it, a- it, that dominated our car ride for the next, like, hour. But. Let's talk about what we feel about it. All
0: right, let's go from each side. So the trade for Minnesota. So Minnesota's in the situation where they're put in a bad spot, you know, because Jimmy Butler asked for a trade, and the, the team is always at a disadvantage when a player requests a trade because they're not going to get, you know, one-for-one one value for him. They're not going to get necessarily a good deal. The Pacers lucked out with Paul George. The uh, It seems like the San Antonio Spurs lucked out with the Kawhi Leonard, even though they did not get equal value back um do you think okay looking back now do you think that the pacers definitely got the better end of that deal now for paul george like oladipo and sabonis yeah like right I now mean, is it crazy to say that victor oladipo might be a little better than paul george no i wouldn't go that far it's, it's not that crazy though
1: no, no no it's not that crazy not that crazy for sure i still wouldn't i still give paul george a slight edge by the way speaking is, of
0: sabonis when's he gonna start over miles turner
1: stop it shut up keep on going <laughs>
0: and uh and so you, the team is at a disadvantage and then the team then then the timberwolves screwed it up for themselves even more after that by keeping him on stuff was leaking all over you have uh the last coach that's in charge of, of personnel decisions and, and Tom Thibodeau who's also a ticking time bomb apparently just they're just waiting for him to to be out of there And I think he still will eventually be out of there unless they rise up and make the playoffs which right now they're barely better than the Mavericks right now. No, they're not better than the Mavericks. They're, no, four they're, and n- they're four and nine right now. So they're in a bad spot and they also are not accepting draft picks <laughs> for this because they have to get, they have to get like players that can come in and play right now. And so they're just putting themselves into all these little boxes. The team is just so dysfunctional. It's one of the worst situations we've probably seen with a player. And I don't know. I mean, is this worse than the Kyrie thing?
1: Oh Yeah. Yeah, because it's happened during the season. Is
0: this worse than the Kawhi Leonard thing?
1: Um, As far as dysfunction, yeah, because, I mean, just the, the crap that happened. Like, Kawhi was out of – like, Kawhi was in New York the whole time to where, like, they got asked random questions and it was, like, awkward stuff. But, like
0: – Well, with the Kawhi thing, the, the, the team was in the playoffs and he wasn't even showing up.
1: Yeah, you know, but would you rather that's... him not show up or show up to practice to say you – yeah, yeah, and, like, go that, off that on everybody. Thing. Or
0: then wave the towel with the Golden State Warriors <laughs> fans. Oh I,
1: I, 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 that will be – that situation will be a situation that I'll never forget as long as I'm so watching crazy. the NBA. That it went on as long as it did. That there was an owner in the front office that let that all transpire over time. It just amazes me.
0: And apparently he requested the trade at the beginning of the off season. So they had this whole off season do something, the draft and free agency and everything and didn't get anything done. So now they bring in Robert. So now Jimmy Butler's gone. That situation, you know, it's left its residue for sure. This, this team is, you know, they might not recover from this because like, is Carl Anthony towns broken? Like did Jimmy Butler break Carl Anthony towns?
1: No, I wouldn't go that far.
0: And so now Robert, we
1: got to see him without him
0: for sure. For sure, but we, but we have for a couple games, but not when he's not in the organization at all. Yeah. So Robert Covington and Darius Sarge come in, the corpse of Jared Bayless, and then the second round pick. And how do you see them fitting? They're they're automatically going to come in and start probably, unless Tibbs does a crazy you know start Taj instead of of Sarge oh, because Lord. he is Tibbs. What a um, Tibbs move! Robert Covington I think fits really well. I mean he fits re- well with every team. This is a player that you know three and D excellent defender. Was any second team all defense last year, and uh, it just it just fits with every team. It's what every team, every single team needs.
1: What are um, you probably don't have basketball references reference in front of you. But, I know how to um, read it though. Do you know how to work that? It could help get could a job in. Um, <laughs> but how old are Coving- is Covington and Sarge? Because he- here's my thing. I think this is a rare. Uh, when I say rare, as far as a rare trade, I look at Covington and- is
0: almost twenty eight.
1: Okay. he will be 28 in
0: December. And 25? Sarge is, I'm going to guess, 24? Yeah, he's 24. It'll be 25 in April.
1: Okay, so for me in this whole situation, I was very intrigued with what – I mean, everybody's intrigued with what they're going to get back for Jimmy. But the longer it played out, the longer the spotlight went, got brighter on Glenn Taylor, in my opinion, because yeah. I'm like, you are letting this – like, whatever deal it is, you're letting this just trash your franchise for whatever this deal will be. And so I'm like, if you don't get good value, this is gonna be a disaster. And uh I actually think both sides won the deal. Like Ooh. I actually like both sides. Because here's the thing, if you look if you compare it to what was on the table, I always thought the Houston trade was just trash. As long as Eric Gordon was off the board. Like, I would have yes, if I was Minnesota, I'd rather have Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, and like a draft pick. But yeah. The four, the four first, I thought that was just dumb. Like you can get first back, and they're going to be so heavily protected. Like if so you said they're far out too, yeah. If you said all four were unprotected, maybe, but that just wasn't going to happen. Everybody's oh, yeah. talking about that. Just you know, so like I didn't even think Houston's offer was right. So then like Josh Richardson and a first round pick. I mean, I like Josh Richardson, but and I could see your argument for that. But one, I think Sarge fits alongside Towns perfectly. Like the stretch, like,
0: well, you on offense,
1: yeah, yeah, on offense. But, like, who's an outside shooter that's a great defensive player that can play alongside towns, so? though? Uh,
0: poor Zingas. Oh, get out of here. So, like, in <laughs> a world asked. that you world in asked. a world, <laughs> in a world t-
1: Tim's, uh, Tibbs looks at it and says, <laughs> okay, let's just try to do what they did with Embiid. You know, like you got your big man that you yeah. can get the ball to and say, you know, obviously, MB can block shots and stuff. But so you plug like Sarge alongside Towns, and I actually really like the fit, and you can shoot from the outside and all that stuff. Open up the paint because Taj, I just hate that they play Taj with Towns. Like it just clutters the paint. Like Taj yeah. can't hit threes. And and then like he, Cover just got a corner three. He can hit a corner three. Oh my gosh. Get he out. He hit
0: of corner there. threes against the Mavs and the Lakers.
1: Okay. He's not a, th- a three point threat. He's no. not like Sarge. No, no, no.
0: Or play-making, then, you know, ball on the floor threat like Sarge.
1: And then with Covington, like, I mean, I, I'm a huge Covington defensive guy. I, th- I think he's one of the best wing de- defenders in the league. And you play – now, the only issue with this is you're not getting a – but this is more of – I don't think it's about the trade. I think this is about the front office problem. The only issue is you w- – this puts pr- – more pressure on Andrew Wiggins to be the offensive like stalwart that they paid him to be, and that's because you're you not so? getting. I think it does because I don't because you're not getting a third theoretical like offensive star back in the deal. Like Sarge will play off Towns, but he's not going to be averaging twenty five a night. Covington will be your best wing defender, but he's not going to be a guy that you say go get me a bucket. So Andrew Wiggins needs to be that, you know, like besides Towns. But I actually like the lineup, like the Teague, Wiggins, Covington, Sarich, Towns. Like, come on. Like, you got two starters that are uh, like 28 or younger. Yeah. And I love Sarich. Like, I don't know. I just, I I thought that was a great deal. And reading Woj's piece of saying that Philly, uh, it, for the longest time, Philly was basically saying, you got to pick which one, Covington or Sarich. It was yeah. only one of them on the deal. And then they finally gave in and gave both. And uh, like, hey, I... I was shocked that, that was what it was, and would you have would you have wanted both of them or one of them in faults?
0: No, I'm not touching faults.
1: Yeah, I don't think I am either. Yeah, I mean, I just
0: I would rather have these two. I think I would touch uh,
1: him for like a you know a
0: prize, but and you know. I, I like Dario. I think Dario comes in and and I think Wiggins is probably a better offensive player right now, but with with Sarge giving a bigger role, I think maybe maybe he could take some of that you know Jimmy Butler slack.
1: Like, what Bill Litsa did for, like, that team, like, Sarich would be like
0: that on steroids, What, theoretically, he was going to do for that team, but what he is doing right now for Sacramento. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing everything we thought he was going to do for Sacramento right now. See, yeah, I I just like
1: both of them, but I think Covington's a a good Tibbs guy. I mean, they got to get ready to play 45 minutes a
0: night, but... I know. Yeah, I actually like it. Also, Covington's going to have to guard everybody because if you're playing Sarich and Teague and... or Rose and Wiggins and Tallard Gross. Robert Covington's your only plus defender
1: as a Mavs fan i wanted the Houston trade to happen because it would not i think it would have knocked Minnesota out of the playoffs
0: you don't think the, that this knocks Minnesota out of the playoffs i don't no? i don't
1: think it guarantees i think it keeps them i think it it keeps them right into that 6 to 10 group cuz i think they're out oh i don't think they're completely out
0: no i think i think they're still out There's still... There's a
1: level to... People are sleeping on Towns now. Like, I don't don't like the... Like, Towns is still good. Like, and this whole, like... There was a life before Jimmy Butler that Carl Anthony Towns was a monster. There was a debate at one time. Who would you rather have, him or AD? Like, that was a debate. A legit debate, like, two or three years ago. Of, like, who would you rather have moving forward? When Anthony Davis is kind of hurt, Towns is just killing it. It would not shock me one bit if Jimmy Butler's out of town... And town and towns um, just goes right back into beast mode, and he's putting up some massive numbers of stuff. No, I, I don't think it puts him out of the playoffs for sure at all. But do you trust Tibbs to take
0: this lineup uh, and make really... it what it can be? <laughs> I'm talking about basketball on paper. I'm not talking about freaking Tibbs. no well, I'm talking I'm talking about basketball on a court, <laughs> and I think that he's I think he's still taking time bomb, and I think that that if he gets fired at some point, then you're. Playing to the interim coach, and unless that guy comes in and you know David Fizdale's it, then you know you're not. They're not making the playoffs. So that's just me. Hmm. All right, let's look at it from uh, from from uh, Philly's perspective. So Philly gets Jimmy Butler. They get Justin Patton with a uh, with no third option because they didn't pick up his third option, and then they include him in the deal. Um, They lose two starters, but they still have JJ Redick on the bench, so he he kind of fills in and uh they get Jimmy Butler obviously. What do you think of the about the fit with Butler, Simmons and Embiid?
1: I think it's a movie you just have to do. Like and I think the fit, you just have to just wing it. As far as like you just hope it works because you that timeline is real. The timeline of Ben Simmons and his next extension kicking in. Like, they had a timeline to add their third star. And they were super, super open about that. Elton Brand I and mean, people, Brett Brown and stuff, I'm saying, hey, we Elton got to Brent add this. Elton
0: Brand on J.J. Reddick's podcast, was a player for the Sixers.
1: Yeah, like, we got to add this third star. Like, we know that there is a timeline to this. And you didn't get Kawhi. You didn't get Paul George. And, like, we're going to... There's, there's going to be a pod coming up pretty soon that me, Nick and I are going to dedicate to all of 2019 free agency. They're way too early to look at it. Ooh. And because some Mavs fans have this, like, daydream that Chris Middleton's going to be available. I'm like, y'all are just dumb. Like, that just ain't going to happen. <laughs> because Chris, Chris Middleton's going to get, like, dang near max from Milwaukee in another <laughs> team. Like... Um, because all these players <laughs> are going...
0: Y'all are dumb, said Isaac.
1: Like, this is not going to happen. Like, I mean, he would obviously be a great fit, but this is not going to happen. But anyway, th- yeah, so if you're Philly, go out... Y- yeah, you you swing for the fences. This is your... You just put together a big three that should, uh, you know, compete talent-wise on paper. I You know I have my issues with Ben Simmons. Like, I've... Yeah, my... Fandom is on this full spectrum of like trying to figure out where I, how good I think he can be and I think he is the best Robin that you can you can have. I don't think he's a Batman because he can't get you that basket yeah. in in crunch time. And now instead of just going because you used to they would just post up in or run these off screens for JJ Redick, now you have that guy in Jimmy Butler, a two like and he could defend these guys like This, this big three is, I mean, it's it's weird, but it's
0: good. (laughs) I mean, you have, yeah. Fitting together. I think it's,
1: they got to figure out what goes around them. That's the thing of like, who's going to start alongside Jimmy? Um, Is Ben going to guard these fours and you don't want him really guarding fours. So who's it, who who are they going to, you know, put in that, that Sarich type spot? Um, Is Fultz going to stay in there? Are they going to put Redick in there? Uh, they still have you know i think the mid level i are they going to yeah, chase the be at
0: least have a roster spot there'll be a place for buyout candidates for sure
1: yeah buyout candidates or do they go out and make another trade i think one of the most intriguing sub like plots of it is if they obviously plan on giving jimmy the full max this summer and here's the thing i'm pretty sure that that if they cut a bunch of their salaries uh, a lot of their like non or non guarantees and they're expiring that they could get around like 20 million in cap next summer, counting Jimmy and Embiid, and that would be pretty pretty crazy. Of like, could you add a fourth player to that big three? Um, obviously not a like a Sarich type or a Covington type. <laughs> like a lesser version like chris middleton's gonna get like dang near 30 million dollars but like somebody along that like type of line to where like no they need we, guards
0: they need guards that can defend
1: yeah well shoot. like yeah just anybody what along what do they line could get
0: patrick of, beverly
1: oh yeah that would be a great yeah we awesome try to send patrick
0: beverly everywhere sorry clippers
1: <laughs> yeah but he's like super cheap like now right now like five million or something but yeah yeah. I think mean, they they just they made the trade. They have another star. They have a big 3. That's what you had to do because we make fun of the East all the time and I especially do. But man, is is this the best the East has been over the past 10 years? AKA after LeBron's left.
0: Gosh, it ha- I think it has to be cuz you start to look and I was I even told my wife at at you know, dinner that day is that it seems like the top 4 teams in the in the East are better now than the top four teams in the West. You know, like, like collectively. Because what do you have right now? You have Golden State, Portland, Denver, San Antonio. Wouldn't you take like Toronto, Milwaukee, Philly now like, ahead of some of those teams? Obviously not Golden State, but <laughs> it just like, seems like the the top. There's East is now so top-heavy. I mean, if you're in that 4-5 matchup, you have to play – so many teams to try to get through. You have to play three of Toronto, Milwaukee, Boston. I mean, that's wild.
1: Like, this would be the first year if LeBron stayed in Cleveland, that would be like, it's not a it's not a guarantee. Like, this would be – like, you would have a second – Yeah. You would have a second – he would finally have a second-round opponent. He would at least have two series in the playoffs that would be, like, seven games possibly, and not just seven games, but, like, star power, awesome teams. And I'm like yeah, – can oh, you imagine?
0: Because really- then, then- – Counting the Pacers too, you have the Pacers, Lebron's Cavs, you have the the Sixers, the, the Bucks, the the Raptors, man, the Celtics. That's a, that's a lot of teams you have to run through. The other other part about Philadelphia is you look at it as a risk. You know, taking Jimmy Butler after he's been disgruntled in Chicago and now been t- disgruntled in Minnesota, you're like, well, is he going to do the same thing here? You know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, you know. You know what I mean. And so, but I think that the Wolves took this exact same risk last year. They traded two starters at the risk of Jimmy Butler trying to fit in. And at this point now, the Sixers are just betting on this experiment to not fail three times. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're just betting on the law of averages that eventually he will fit with one of these teams. And if he doesn't, man, that, I mean, how bad how bad could it be? He's a free agent this summer. So you lost two starters, but you still have two you still have two centerpieces. So you can fill you can fill in around that. You have a bunch of cap space, you know, this summer again.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing though. Here's why I think it's different. They have probably uh, for sure guaranteed the 5-year max. Damn. Like
0: Oh yeah, it was it was talked about like right when it happened
1: to Jimmy Butler. And for Jimmy, you can't screw that up. Like if like, how many people have we heard say that if Minnesota said, we will pay you the five-year max, that he would have been fine there?
0: You like, think he I, can screw it up, though? You think he even, like, if they promised it to him, you think it's still on the table?
1: Yeah, well, I, he can't go in there and do what he's been doing in freaking Minnesota and still get the max. Like, they're hopefully and they're not, like, minutes, minutes, like and be that dumb about it. I think he's going to be even more inspired. Like, he's going to a team, he's going to the East, in which he could like, literally get to the finals if everything goes right like they they have that type of talent of a big 3 knowing that hey i could not only if this thing goes perfectly right i could not only get to the finals but i have a max offer on the table and if I do anything to screw that up, like this is what you want, I think you're, I think he's gonna come in and hit the ground swinging. Like this, I think he's gonna be extra motivated. He's gonna wanna prove people wrong. He's got he's got a team that he probably feels believes in him and says, "We want you. We went and traded for you, and we want to pay you the max. Come help us get to the finals." And he's got you know like yeah, I, I'm not worried about no. I think he's gonna be locked and loaded. Now, fit and like chemistry and all that stuff, as far as like, I'm more worried about like Embiid being this big alpha dog. And now Jimmy's going to take some of this shine away from him. And that would be a whole different conversation. But talent wise, you got to take this risk. Like, yeah,
0: you got to. And then imagine what Jimmy Butler is going to tell Embiid about (laughs) towns so that in their matchup, Embiid can hit him with everything he's got, trash talk wise.
1: I'm just, I'm honestly worried for, for Markel Fultz.
0: Yeah, it seems like he he's kind of the big loser in all of this.
1: <laughs> like, bro, you uh, if Wiggins and Towns had problems with Butler, um, yeah, we I kind of feel bad. Good if you're Philly, do you try to package Fultz for another guy?
0: Man, uh, yeah, I guess and, I guess you try and to. hope
1: you find a team throughout the league that says, hey, we're not a playoff team, but we'll give you a decent, pe- we'll give you a, a a good enough piece that we're a justified trade, and then we'll take the Fultz experiment on.
0: Yeah, Yeah, you you have to try. You know, Orlando comes up again. Anytime a point guard needs to be sent out, you think about Orlando. Yeah. Who, by the way, held the Knicks tonight to 60 points.
1: Whoa, 60 points.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think God, that was the like final the, score.
1: I feel like the Warriors had that in like one quarter a while back.
0: Yeah, the Knicks were on a back-to-back. Oh, no, no, they scored 89 points. They scored... Uh-huh. Um, 10 points in the first quarter oh my gosh <laughs> 60 points through three quarters sorry I got that wrong but anyway all right guys there you go that's a long version of the Monday pod I hope you guys hope you guys enjoy it and uh and yeah Jimmy Butler is gone we can stop talking about that but now we'll have to talk about his fit all the time and uh, the Mavericks play let's see Mavericks play the Bulls tonight that was what I was about to say Mavericks
1: play Bulls tonight and guys before you know it in a blink of eyes blink of eyes like the bulls are not that great of a team the mavericks should have a good shot of going in there and getting a, a win And if they win this game they've quietly won three out of their last four games yeah and uh there's been a lot of like panic and just different stuff like that and hey they you know Three had their last four games. OKC had won seven games in a row. Yeah, they didn't have Russ and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, you win three out of your four. You go into this matchup with with Utah, and you've already gotten beat by them like I don't know, fifteen thousand times. <laughs> and this season, maybe you can switch things up with this game. You know, it's at home in, in, in Dallas on Wednesday. But yeah, I mean, you're going against Levine again. Levine, you know, scorched them last time. But uh, yeah.
0: After the Bulls, this is their stretch. You ready for this? I'm ready. Jazz, Warriors, Grizzlies, Nets, Celtics, Rockets, Lakers, Clippers, Blazers, Pelicans, Rockets. Nice. That's a
1: fun couple weeks. Yes, it is. <laughs> Good luck, guys. Multiple Rockets games in there.
0: Good luck, guys. All right. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Yo, peace out. Boom.